Well, hey, welcome everybody. This is uh, our uh, first OSHA quick take of 2024 with Tom Massiel Carey, and we've got Lindsay Salvo and Eric Khan with me today. And uh, this is um, Eric was sharing some notes, and and I think we agree it's our favorite uh, webinar of the year where we get to look back at uh, how well the uh, CMC team did at uh, predicting what, what was going to happen in 2023 and then uh, predicting what's what's going to uh, be in store for us in, in 2024. And uh, and today, Lindsay and, and Eric are going to touch on enforcement updates, rulemaking updates, and then what to expect in an election year. So uh, with that, I will turn it over to Eric. Well, thanks, Scott. Uh, it was a fun year in 2023 doing these with you, and I appreciate the uh, the return invitation to talk through um, our webinar series with you. And, and you know that we were prescient in our predictions at the beginning of last year, if we even mentioned that we made predictions <laughs> this year. And so, uh, and so we were. I mean, last year was, uh, and we're not just guessing and making stuff up out of thin air. We've we've got friends at OSHA who you know, helped us predict what we could expect last year. Um, and we had a pretty good a sense of a, a good sense of what that was going to look like. And it was uh, exactly what we expected, an extremely aggressive year of enforcement, an extremely aggressive year of rulemaking and um, and delivering on um, on a couple of promises. There's President Biden's promise to be the most friendly administration uh, for labor in uh, in history. Uh, and we saw some big movement on the OSHA front to deliver on that promise and then to deliver uh, on the promise of the acting secretary of labor, Julie Sue, uh, to use all the tools in the toolkit uh, to, to make OSHA a more um, uh, a serious uh, agency and to influence employers' behavior as a result. And that's what we saw a lot of last year, uh, using really developing new tools for the toolkit and putting them to use. Uh, we talked about really not knowing what it was going to look like, but some big changes coming to the severe violator enforcement program uh, and to OSHA's per instance enforcement authority last year. And we predicted that that was going to happen and what we thought it was going to look like. And OSHA delivered on that. We saw a major change in, uh, in OSHA's severe violator enforcement program last year uh, that we predicted would expand the number of employers that qualify into this dreaded program. Uh, and looking back at the end of the year, we saw that OSHA, in fact, nearly quadrupled the number of employers that uh, fell into that program last year compared to the years before that. Uh, the instance by instance or per instance citation authority uh, we predicted was, was going to expand the circumstances when OSHA would use that authority, the types of employers eligible for that uh, particular enforcement um, uh, challenge and the uh, and just the frequency of using uh, that enforcement tool. And OSHA announced that change in the middle of the year and started to deliver on that at the very end of calendar year 2023. That involved um, uh, going from just willful violations that could be cited per instance to now serious and other than serious violations. And we've even seen some instances of per instance repeat violations. So this is a, a great way for OSHA to multiply uh, its penalty, you know, not just one violation with a single penalty for violating a specific standard, but to multiply that by the number of employees or 
the number of machines involved or, you know, a variety of different units of prosecution that the, that the agency can identify. And we started to see the effect of that at the end of the year. And really, you know, the, 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 the end result of these new tools and just a general enforcement heavy mindset and really sort of moving out of the fog of COVID-19 was that every measure that you could imagine for enforcement last year was up big. Penalty authority, number of inspections, uh, enforcement actions with $100,000 or $250,000 or a million dollar total penalties up big relative to any year in, in OSHA's history. Um, new national emphasis programs. Um, uh, we always talk every year about the trend of repeat citations or citations characterized as repeat on the rise. And that happened again. But another big development was a huge surge in citations characterized as willful this year. Um, we haven't looked at the data yet, but anecdotally, it sure felt like we were seeing more criminal investigations, criminal prosecutions, and plea outcomes than we'd ever seen. So we saw last year a huge, a huge burst in OSHA enforcement, uh, sort of coming out of the OSHA, uh, coming out of the COVID fog, OSHA finally delivering on the um, uh, the priorities that it, it expected, I think, for from a Biden administration during this uh, during this administration. So that's what we'll be getting into, sort of looking backwards and looking ahead to 2024 about how OSHA is going to use these tools and new tools uh, to ratchet things up from an enforcement standpoint in 2024. And uh, and I think Lindsay's going to talk a little bit about. Uh, the rulemaking side, both, you know, what has happened in 23 and what to expect in 24. And Kate can chime in on any of that uh, as she's uh, dropped into this call as well. Thanks, Eric. Yeah, I think we'll definitely spend a good portion of the webinar coming up talking about the rulemaking efforts because we think, you know, even though there might be the impression from some that this administration has not been um, big on rulemaking, we we would disagree with that. Um, you know, you have to consider the fact that a couple of the years of this administration were really focused on COVID-19. And there were several rulemaking efforts during the height of the pandemic. And even after we sort of, you know, started seeing the downturn in cases um, in, in regard to COVID-19 and regulating COVID-19. So that took up a significant portion of um, OSHA's focus during this administration. Uh, but there's also been a lot of additional activity. Um, one of the things that we saw in 2023 was OSHA finalized and promulgated its e-record keeping rule. And that saw significant changes and a significant increase in the um, data burden on a lot of employers. Um, OSHA really expanded the types of employers that were going to have to submit record keeping data or are going to have to submit record keeping data this year. And they also significantly expanded the type of record keeping data that would have to be submitted. It was 300 days. Now for a lot of employers, it's going to be 300 logs and 301 incident reports. So that is a really significant change, a, a really significant burden for many employers. Um, and definitely something that we will discuss in more detail during our upcoming webinar. In addition, we saw OSHA um, and 
in our feeling anyway, kind of come out of nowhere with this worker walk around rule. Um, the that had that was something that had been um, a policy of OSHA in the past, um, and they, you know, in 2023, um, started the effort to actually make that a standard to to push it into an actual rule. Um, so that is something they've pushed really hard on. There was already a notice of proposed rulemaking and an opportunity to comment, uh, which which we did. And so we are quite knowledgeable about, you know, the impact of this potential rule. Um, and to our understanding, it's already at OMB. So there is definitely a, a high probability that we could see that come out in a final rule form in 2024. And then the, the other two significant rulemaking efforts that we will probably spend quite a bit of time on during our webinar are the heat illness rulemaking. And that is currently through the Sabrifa stage. And I'll, I'll let Kate talk about that one a little bit more because uh, I know that she, she worked on that one in quite a bit of detail, um, as well as a new effort to change emergency response and add additional uh, regulation on emergency responders. So Kate, uh, I don't know, I could turn it over to you now if it would be um, a good time to sort of talk about those in a little more detail. You, sure. Thank you, thank you very much, Lindsay. Wouldn't be 2024 without a muted Teams call. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I just blew it. Um, uh, Yes, uh, you know, contrary to, I guess there are some out there that think that this was not an active, this has not been an active administration for rulemaking, as Lindsay pointed out. I think this has been one of the most active rulemaking administrations we've seen in a long time. And I think that we think that 2024, contrary to sort of the history and the way this works, where things sort of slow down from a rulemaking uh, standpoint by late spring, early summer in a presidential year. Our sense is this administration is committed to moving the ball forward, advancing the rulemakings that are currently open as far as possible prior to the election. So heat, as Lindsay pointed out, is a number one priority for this administration. They, The Sabrifa process has unfolded uh, and the next major step that we'll see is an actual proposed rule. We expect that we will see that during this 2024 year. We have a sense because we've been working with the coalition very, very closely uh, to, you know, sort of gain insight and impact uh, and influence OSHA as to the scope and terms of that rule. So we have a very good sense of it. And we're working closely to make sure even the proposal, we hope, is going to come out in a sensible fashion. We'll see when, when we actually see the Federal Register. But in addition to heat, we, as Lindsay mentioned, we've got the emergency response rule, which is broader than we anticipated. That's out, and they're actively focused on it. In addition, HASCOM, we're going to see a HASCOM rule um, this year. I don't know whether it's going to be litigated or not, but it is, uh, you know, it is Prime to be issued as a final rule, which is an update of the existing hazard communication uh, GHS standard um, that was promulgated originally in 2012. OSHA is also very focused on the lead rulemaking. I don't, we don't know whether we'll see a proposal in 2024 or not, but they're certainly going to advance the ball in on the area. They're collecting data right now. 
the purpose of the lead rulemaking, number one, is to reduce the level at which the threshold at which you remove a worker from a workplace where uh, based on their blood lead level and the level at which you can put them back in the workplace uh, based on, again, blood lead levels. That's a rule that I think most people think, or that at least that aspect is not controversial. However, if OSHA expands that rule and attempts to change in some dramatic fashion the permissible exposure limit, the airborne exposure limit that is established for lead, that is going to be extremely controversial. California is already doing it. Um, and so we're watching that one carefully. Also, workplace violence for the healthcare industry, that's a top priority of this administration. They have a lot of priorities. Um, we don't know exactly which one is going to, you know, sort of uh lead the uh sort of stay in the lead except heat i think we can pretty easily say heat is probably their number one priority for advancement in 2024 eric were you going to say yeah something? i mean i i expect uh epa is going to finalize its rmp amendments within you know sort of the any day now uh, uh time period which means osha is going to dust off its psm rulemaking uh to to try to keep those two rules aligned i expect to see a lot of activity on that in 2024 and infectious diseases. I mean, I was just reading that, you know, although it is maybe not as um, not as serious, uh, the current iteration of COVID-19 is, is maybe not as impactful. We are about to experience, or we're in the middle of experiencing another massive wave of, of infections there. And so I think OSHA will be under some pressure to move on its, um, on its general uh, infectious disease rule. And and what and I I think your point is exactly right. That usually in an election year, these agencies try to hide under the radar. I think they feel cheated by the first couple of years with uh, you know, COVID just sucking all the air out of the room. They're gonna push really hard to the finish line here and try to get as much done as they can. It's gonna be an unusual election year and a and a super aggressive uh rulemaking period for sure. Yeah. And, I, and, and the same from the enforcement standpoint, you know, we've got these new national emphasis programs and these new enforcement tools. They're not going to waste those. And, and we're going to see probably yet another record setting year for significant enforcement actions and, um, and major enforcement activity. So that's the doom and gloom that we'll be sharing with everybody <laughs> for the, the full webinar later this month. And, um, and, uh, and, and we look yeah. forward to having that discussion. Yeah. And Scott, you know, if um, that the politics of this year are going to be really interesting and we're, you know, we're we're fascinated by this, number one, and we're we're keeping a, our, our track of it very carefully. Typically, the reason the rulemaking apparatus and and probably at least on the significant enforcement side, um, significant enforcement slow down in the second half of the of a presidential election is because you know, the 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 Department of Labor and the White House want to not rock the boat, right? Um, here, uh, you know, uh, we think that OSHA is being fully supported by the Department of Labor and Assistant and, and Secretary Sue and her commitment to safety and health um, is being driven hard. And so it's sort of the opposite of the internal politics that you typically see in an election year, where I think from above, OSHA is being pressed 
to move, 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 rather than saying, well, let's think about the impact of the, the, the optics of this. Let's slow things down a bit here until the election. So fascinating stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, and again, I don't think any of us know exactly how it's it's going to go this year, but it does feel like that, um, like Eric mentioned, they kind of got shortchanged at the beginning of their term and want to push as much through as possible in, in case maybe there is a change and uh, and and they want they want those uh, those rules and enforcements in place uh, so that they can't be easily or quickly un, undone, I guess, by a, a change of administration as well. Right. Yeah. And one of the things we'll we'll have um, our colleagues also from California participating in the webinar later this month. So we'll get a little bit of a, a, a look back and preview of what's going on in California. And they are not influenced at all by right. federal presidential elections. Um, and uh, and they will continue to do what California does. Um, so we'll, we'll we'll do a little review of, of some of the really significant stuff out there, particularly focused on workplace violence an indoor heat illness, but that'll be a, an interesting part of the discussion as well. Yeah, and I think one of the quick takes we did later in the year was around some of the big changes in Cal OSHA. And it, it sounds like they lead the charge in a lot of respects so that um, even if you're not in California, you should be paying attention to what's going on because it may may come to a state near you. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and lest anybody forgets, you know, the acting secretary of labor, Julie Sue, is the former California labor secretary and the acting assistant secretary for OSHA. Doug Parker was the most recent former Cal OSHA uh, head. So it's not a, a coincidence that things on the federal side are, are are catching up with and looking a little bit more like California and why it's really important to pay attention to California because uh, those winds blow to Washington, D.C. pretty strongly these days. Right. Yeah, great point. There's, Scott, there's one more issue that is not sort of traditionally enforcement or traditionally rulemaking, but it's another fascinating development that's been sort of percolating in 2023. And we think we'll see a little bit more uh, in 2024. And that is this overlap between Tosca uh, uh, between EPA and OSHA using the mechanism of the Toxic Substances Control Act, EPA's uh, authority to regulate chemicals. Um, it's it's another uh, aspect of fascinating stuff happening in our world um, where it looks like EPA is really trying to exert itself in ways that it hadn't in the past over in establishing workplace chemical standards. And there are a couple, three of them that are sort of percolating up the chain and may be in a, it, we may see a situation where OSHA and EPA enter into a memorandum of authority. In fact, they're already, you know, they have memorandums of authority in place and they're talking about another one right now that will allow for cross enforcement, and there's a real question about the statutory authority that the agency, that EPA has, and you know whether they can sort of um, jump over OSHA, whether OSHA is offended by that or, or loves the idea. So anyway, lots of good stuff. Yeah, interesting. And the and the full webinar is on January seventeenth, I believe. January 17th at 1 p.m. Eastern, and we'll be uh, recording them and making all that good stuff available. So encourage everybody to register and join us for this one to get a preview of what the whole series will be like over the course of the year and join us for all of those too. Yeah, I'm super excited to kick off uh, 
this is the first first recording of the year for me so uh excited to kick it off with uh with you guys and and get uh the osha quick takes prime for 2024 and uh we'll have the links below us so people can can sign up for the january 17th and and the the series to to follow throughout the year so i think this year as well we're going to focus a little bit more or or have a few more quick takes specific to cal osha as well i think is on the agenda so yeah, we did. We launched a, a separate Cal OSHA webinar series as well. So that'll be um, a fun one to, to keep track of. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining today and uh, look forward to uh, to the OSHA quick takes, uh, you know, coming down the pipe and definitely encourage everybody to, uh, to sign up for the full webinar on the 17th. Thanks. Thank Thanks. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Happy New Year, everyone.